It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. (laughs) I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same (laughs) set. We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. However, you have found us tonight, whether it's on Rise FM, on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or online. We're glad you're here tonight for the session. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. We're getting settled into our new time. Yes. And uh, getting used to, you know, doing the night thing. But we're glad you're here and uh, we're going to be positive about things tonight. We're going to be talking about optimism. Yes. Which means you're going to have to lead the discussion. Because I am a confirmed Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. You've probably mess- learned that over the years. <laughs> well, this, I, those shirts that you wear in here, those T-shirts with Eeyore on the front, was kind of a dead giveaway. I figure it was the emails from Sherry that gave it away. <laughs> Both of you. I see. All right. So we're right. going to dive into optimism and its impact on your well-being, specifically your physical health. Right. We'll dive into all of that here coming up in just a bit. First time we turn to God's Word. Well, and Scott, out of John 15, verse 11, again and again, the Bible references are made to joy, faith, hope, optimism. These things Jesus said, have I spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So when we take optimism, Scott, as medicine for the body, mind, and soul, our life gets better. Okay, let's go. I got to tell you the example. One of the oh boy. examples. I, this is my favorite example of optimism. Years ago, when our daughter was friends with this gal that lived kind of out in the country up on this hill, the people had a dog. This got, if you could picture this, it didn't even come up to my knee. It was like halfway up, way up my shin. It might have been 10 inches high, maybe a foot and a half long. A cute little puppy dog. Yes. And they said the most favorite thing that that dog liked to do was chase deer (laughs) i'm thinking what would happen if the deer if he actually caught one (laughs) or the deer actually turned around and looked (laughs) wait a minute what's that little shrimp doing so i would call that dog optimistic (laughs) because it has all kind of optimism that it could do something with that deer if it ever caught it All right, so let's just jump right into a study here from Boston University. The School of Medicine found out that. Yeah, optimism doesn't change how the adult men deal with stressors. However, it did promote emotional well-being by limiting the number of stressful situations. Okay, unpack that for me a little bit. I will. So what we're talking about, in each incident of stress, it had an impact. However, optimism will help facilitate fewer cases or incidences of stress. So if I'm looking for trouble, I'm probably going to find it. Well, that's right. Yeah. Okay. There you go, Eeyore. The the Scotty's translation might have just worked a little bit. All right. So it also said that they interpreted uh, situations as less 
stressful? Is that just a, a feature of the optimism itself? They they just look at it and go, okay, but here's the silver lining? Yeah. So the interpretations are less stressful because they're more optimistic. They're going to find the good in it. As an example, is the glass half empty or half full, Scott? It's half empty most of the time. Yeah. What causes that? I don't know. Fear of failure, maybe? Fear mm. of rejection? Fear of being wrong? What would be the worst thing that would happen if you were wrong? I'd add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> so what would be the worst thing that would happen if we put that list on Rise FM on our page? If we put it on the Facebook page, you wouldn't have room on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> oh, if I'm not hearing Eeyore now, that's really good. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. Those are the three things that just jump into my mind right off the bat. Well, right. The fear of failure, defined it as heritage, I call failure not trying. You might have heard that before. I think I've heard that before. So if you're trying, you haven't failed. You just failed to succeed? Well, you just didn't succeed. You weren't as successful as you wanted to be. But keep okay. in mind, how many places in Scripture does it talk about words that we say and its impact? A lot. Yeah. So they have an impact because they impact us emotionally in our thoughts. So think about how that impacts you when you find some way to blame Scott. Oh, that, that's easy to do. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I that's, failed. I've done that. Oh, yes. that That's my wheelhouse right there. Right. But you know what? You might want to pick on another target. Well, my sister's not around anymore <laughs> to do that. She's in Florida. Oh, uh, I set you up for that one. And you... Baseball season's in. I just hit one. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're talking about optimism today on the session and its impact on our well-being. This next study um, found that women with positive thinking lived longer. That's true. And with all loving respect for women, I really think their processors work at a faster rate than ours. Oh, no question. So consequently... When it gets revved up in a non-optimistic, a pessimistic attitude, it's going to create the same issues physically in our body. The stress is going to be amplified just like it would be revved up if it were positive with all your favorite oxys and tosies. and osins and dosins and yeah. <laughs> And marzy dotes and whatever, <laughs> dozy dotes and whatever. Yeah, the study apparently found that um, higher levels of optimism associated with a lifespan averaging around age 90. That's true. Because, again, so not only mentally are we feeling better, emotionally we're feeling better, there's a direct connection between our minds and emotions and our body. We call it the neck. <laughs> See, I'm looking for some big, deep osin oxen or something out of the brain, and you give me the neck. <laughs> How many years at Ohio State was that? Yeah. Just checking. Well, they didn't even teach us that until my junior year. <laughs> wow. All right. Oh. So we're... All right, as we keep talking about optimism's impact on well-being, somewhere in here there's got to be something about laughter. <laughs> That's true. But there, but there is a very positive influence that laughter has on the body because it does release some oxins, osins, and marizidotes and the lambs, lambs, true. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the one you might have to get vaccinated for, that last one, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. But So consequently, some of the benefits, when we think about it, endorphins being released, well, it's true. The most basic definition of stress in my career that I've still hung on to is when I used to teach fourth grade health. And this is what the fourth grade textbook said. I think it's great. Stress is the body's reaction to what the mind Mind is is thinking. thinking. So the body is going to react. Remember that high level thought of they are connected. (laughs) (laughs) The neck. (laughs) All right. So the next thing that you mentioned here is being a realist has its benefits. Now I'm having a little trouble putting realist and optimist together. Because it, sound, it seems like they could be kind of at odds with each other at times. Well, it's within good reason or good taste to be optimistic, but you can be so optimistic and pie in the sky that you're not going to do well. That you're not functioning on planet Earth while you're being that optimistic. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So Eeyore lives in the realism world really well. I can just look at I can look at the world of reality uh-huh. and I can take it down all kinds of dark paths. Mm-hmm absolutely without question so maybe that's part of your defense system then it might be yeah the problem with that is what's it do to your heart and your not your blood pumper but your emotions how do you express the love of jesus when eeyore's in high gear when eeyore's in high gear uh, you, i i think i can safely say i can't yeah i might try but i'm completely incapable of it which is why for me prayer is so important when i'm getting ready for beyond belief Oh. Just to be able to do that show, right? I have to be as prayed up as I can be before I flip on the microphone. And Scott, I honestly believe that is beyond belief. belief. Thank <laughs> you very much. All right, so being realistic has the benefits of... Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, pessimists also fared badly compared to realists. Um, okay, okay. pessimists... That's me. Right. Fared badly compared to realist. Again, it's so it's just a matter of how we handle the reality. Right. And keep in mind that this is in the context of a study. When the study took place, it was pretty much a given that pessimists were going to not do as well as realists. So realists would kind of be like the middle of the road. They're not real high, thankfully, nor are they real low. They're kind of middle of the road. So they're not having the highs and lows that you could have. And some of my clients in the past have said to me, well, yeah, I I prefer not to get too wound up too high in my celebration of it because when it doesn't happen, then the fall is much greater when I go into my Eeyore pessimistic mode. You go into an Eeyore pessimistic mode? It happened once back in July of 2010. Huh. So the next thing you have here is Tom's High Expectation Workshop. Oh, yes. Oh, we're going to camp here. Yes, this is good. (laughs) So when we talk about, for lack of a better term, that's what we, we call it, is Tom's High Expectation Workshop, we want people to see the impact of expectations on relationships. So we don't ask people to be perfect. We just have high expectations. So there's very little room between exceeding high expectations and being perfect. If you follow me, you'll basically be perfect. So 
that's not going to work. So let's put it into, into a real-life situation. So let's say we have parents with high expectations of their child, and they expect to have their child's return tests and things at a 95% or higher rate. So a straight-A kid, that's, that's the expectation. Yeah. He gets a paperback that he had really worked hard for, or a test back, and he's got a 91. And he's ready to do a happy dance. And he wants mom and dad's acceptance and approval and celebration for that 91. And they're saying to him, you got a 91? What could you have done better to make that a 95? That's right. Or he brings a great card home that has all A's but a C. And what's he hear about? We're going to get you a math tutor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. Not about the fact that there were all A's except for one. So what the workshop continues to do then is, you know, I let them off the hook a bit. I said, what if we lower expectations? So I actually have my legal pad out, you know, and I say, now, if this was like an easel in the office, three-legged thing, and, and I'm writing these down... So I write, literally write, lowered expectations slightly above halfway down the page, if you can picture that. Uh And so then I say, with lowered expectations, what's going to happen if your child surpasses that? So instead of a 91 or 100, you, you have an 80 or 85 is your expectation. And your child comes in with the 91. How's it going to be different? What's that going to do? What's that feel like? So they make this list of incredible things that would be great, things like optimistic and and real and encouraged. and Celebrating the success. Hey, hey! we got it in. <laughs> Way to go. And I said, what do you think that does to the relationship? So in the midst of the celebration are capable of saying, what would you like to do to celebrate again if you should be this successful? Well, so now instead of the child being lectured and feeling crushed because he was four points away from being accepted and approved of, what are we going to do now? Well, so now he has ownership of how he wants to celebrate. So it's suggested, and what I've experienced in my career is that by lowering expectations, we actually can raise outcomes because they like how it feels to be celebrated And they go on. So they take us then to the higher level instead of us hammering on them. Then then they want to go to the higher level because they want a higher level of celebration when that time comes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about the impact that optimism has on your well-being. And I'm I'm just flat out telling you, as a confirmed Eeyore, this one's a toughie for me, Tom. We're going to get through this together, and you've already encouraged me some. Good. So we're, we're going to keep going here, and maybe you're as you're listening you know, tonight, this is will be an encouragement to you as well. All right. Another study showed positive mood people tend to be more creative. I yeah. found that interesting. Right, because their minds are freed up to explore more creative thinking and thought. Oh, okay. So instead of dealing with all of the Eeyore stuff, yeah. you just throw that stuff out and say, yeah, whatever. And, yeah, you're my roommate in college is what you are. Dan was the most chill guy I've ever met. Nothing rattled the man. Uh-huh. And he's running an ER in Virginia right now. Uh-huh. And Wow. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. 
So you'd throw out all the negative stuff, and you're just like, okay, well, what else can I engage my brain in? And boom, here comes creativity. Yeah. So whether you're writing or you're painting or drawing, you're more able to connect the emotional side of your creativity with what you're doing. See, when we're Eeyore, our thoughts, if we're pessimistic, our thoughts then are wrapped up in how we feel that's mind-consuming. And, and it does. It is It is mind-consuming. It is nerve-consuming. There are so many nights that I have laid awake stressing over something. Oh, wow. And my brain just doesn't shut it off. I just It's, it's a replay video. Uh-huh. And then I try to change the location of the video, and the situation, it, it'll, it'll reduce briefly, and then it just can't. Oh, you're in a new location. Okay, then we'll do it this way. Say, oh, yeah. Well, maybe, just maybe, Scott... For the benefit of our listeners. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I got a couch over here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Does that help? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I'll take your chair. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get going here. you got to sit, sit up, though, Scott. You can't lay down. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. It's like a fast-forward video going on in your head. Scripture would say, if we can begin to build on this Scripture, and Paul said it in Romans 12, 2, and three, right in there, that we can renew our minds. How did I know you were going there? How about that? That's exactly what I knew we were talking about was renewing your mind. Yeah. And so what keeps that fast forward mentality happening in your brain is the emotions connected to it. The fear of something going wrong, or I'm going to have to be upset with myself if this doesn't turn out right, or what's going to be the disaster well, how does that, how does it help to stay up all night worrying about it? When in fact, some writers would say 90% of what we worry about typically doesn't happen. Never happens. But I'm going to, I'm going to lay, <laughs> well, I say, lay awake tonight worrying about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here, this one I find very interesting because we've been talking about optimism and uh, the way that it impacts us emotionally and mentally but there apparently has been a study that actually ha that says optimism has a direct impact on breast cancer specifically. And this is fascinating to me. Right. Well, again, let's go back to that basic definition of stress. It's the body's reaction to what the mind is thinking. There are a lot of articles and writers that would say that in the context of cancer, Having a positive, you know, that's P O S I T I V E. <laughs> You've heard of it before, Scott. I, I have. I did learn to spell the word mm. in uh, elementary school, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it has a positive impact on cancer. The pessimists and the EORs are not because some of the internal resources that you would need to help battle the cancer for the optimists and the realists, for the Eeyores, they are just spending it on taking care of the negativity rather than I have cancer, it. what's it done to me today, instead of, all right, how can I help lick this cancer yeah. today? Yeah. The complete opposite. The study, by the way, was a 2008 BMC cancer study found that optimism may protect against breast cancer. And, um, of course, there are a lot of other factors involved in it. But, ladies, a general feeling of happiness and optimism can play a protective role. 
is what this tells me here. And um, I, I find that fascinating, Tom, that and, and I've heard this before. Maybe we've had this conversation before that that your mental state and what you're thinking actually has that kind of an influence on your physical health. It does. Including your heart. Right. There are cells that go from the brain into the body. That Through the neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was our health lesson for today. And ladies and gentlemen, Scott uh, passed it very well. We should celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're known as neuropeptides. And so as we have stress and we stuff things, the neuropeptides are capable of carrying it into the body. So now, this is my own personal uh, opinion of it. Tomism. Oh, there we go. Yes. One of my clients said, poor thing, she got two of them back to back. I thought she was going to choke on her tea she was drinking. (laughs) Yeah. That if they locate in the same place in the body, you're going to have issue there. Well, it's that toxic substance that's coming out of the brain, goes into the body, and if it lands, that's why people have ulcers, high blood pressure. Oh. We've just been talking about that medication for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're on my... Uh, there's one more here. I didn't read down far enough, Tom. We were talking about... I was talking about the heart. Right. Thinking positive is good for your heart. According to a study done by the University of Rochester Medical Center, that negative thinking is often associated with stress. And while the study primarily focused on men, there's no reason why it couldn't apply to women as well, they say. So... Positive thinking helps the heart. That's true. If your mind at night is like a video in fast-forward mode, then the ability to sleep is not going to be there. If you're not going to get enough sleep, there's a direct correlation between higher levels of anxiety and lower levels of sleep. So now you're going to be more wound up about those same things. You're going to feed that fast-forward. is going to go from speed one to speed two and as you keep up it'll go to speed three and a lack of sleep has a negative effect on your health that's been proven numerous times yeah so you really just you start a snowball that's right kind of thing going down the line yeah these researchers stay awake at night they can't sleep and (laughs) how did i know that was coming how did i know that was coming you think i would have known by now So, Tom, as we put a bow on this tonight, sure. You know, we we talk about what what are some practical things on a daily basis, just for somebody who's having, you know, they're they're here and just like, you know what? But I'm an ER too, Scott. Right. What are some practical first steps you can take to maybe climb out of the ER mode with me and climb into the 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 uh, happy rabbit mode with Tom? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for one, I, I want to go back to Romans twelve two and three, that we can pray and we can ask our God to help us renew our minds. And, you know, when we begin to focus on what Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 7, and 8, that we should focus on what? That which is pure, lovely. lovely, Wholesome is the wrong word, but it's the thought. Just and... Right, just, just clean, kind, pure, lovely. Think on these things. So if we focus on those things... Think about how we're going to feel different. If we want to remember, if we don't like how we're feeling, if we change what we think, we can change what we feel. 
So we begin to think differently. We're going to feel differently. What if you spent some of that cognitive thinking and what we're talking about there is maybe we, if we think differently, what if we decided that we wanted to try and bless somebody? Send them a text. I was thinking about you, praying for you. I just want to encourage you. Or some other thing you may have realized they've done and you say, hey, you know what? I realized you did that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Just letting you know you've been on my mind and so I've been praying for you. So all of a sudden, you're blessing other people. And that's the reason we do it is for their blessing. But don't think for a minute that there isn't a boomerang effect that's going to come back on us that we're going to feel different because we changed what we thought. And maybe it helps us think out of the box of Eeyore slash pessimism and more so in the box of optimism. There we go. All right, Tom, if someone needs to start a conversation with you about maybe returning to optimism and getting out of the Eeyore box, it probably would be better if I was very lonely in the Eeyore box. Yeah. Or that you would be near. Or that I would climb out of it too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. How can I get hold of you to start a conversation? Well, Scott, I'm encouraged on that last comment. <laughs> I'm sure Sherry will be too. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. <laughs> 